0: Talk some games. It's been a highly rewarding sector to be in during the quarantine period. Question is, what comes next on the agenda? Of course, are new consoles around the holiday season. John Patrick Lee, JP Lee is a product manager at Vanek. ESPO is the ticker of your guys' fund that tracks some of these plays in the sector. So, uh, JP, right now, what's next? I mean, how do we keep the party going here for these gaming stocks?
1: We got a lot of things going on right now, Oliver. We got the next gen consoles coming up and uh, for Christmas release basically, demand is off the charts. Both the PlayStation and Xbox pre-orders were sold out. Mass chaos, mass confusion as consumers are really pumped about this release and bought them all, all the pre-orders that were available, and people are clamoring for more. You know, I, I think this is gonna be one of those holiday seasons where the hot ticket items like the new PlayStation, the new Xbox, are gonna be selling for double the retail price on Amazon and eBay.
0: So that means what? Secondary demand? The
1: market, people are gonna be paying premiums? Yeah, I mean, on the secondary market, wow. people are going be double, but in the video game market, I think, It's gonna boost publishers, people who sell the games. There's just gonna be continued demand to be playing video games, continued high engagement. We've seen it through the COVID crisis, video game engagement through the roof right now. And um, I I expect that to continue. And just one note about, you know, there's been a lot of talk of, you know this console cycle is different. There's, it's, there's no more console wars. I completely disagree with that. I think Xbox and Microsoft have really, are making a statement with their pricing of their, their uh, digital-only console, $299, hundred dollars cheaper than the PlayStation. And then, you know, Microsoft has also made some major moves by buying these uh, development studios that have these very popular IPs. So in the last c- couple weeks, Microsoft bought ZeniMax. ZeniMax owns Fallout, Skyrim, Quake, Doom all those games are gonna be available on the, um, the, the Xbox Game Pass, and that's gonna put PlayStation at a big disadvantage in my opinion.
0: So now the disadvantage, well, because I'm gonna be able to play all those games on PlayStation 2, I'm gonna be able to play the next Elder Scrolls on PS5.
1: Yeah, right, but so the difference is, so it's gonna be available on the Xbox Game Pass. So if you have the $15 subscription service, you're gonna be able to play that game for free after you pay your service. While the PlayStation customers, and this is just theoretical, they're probably gonna have to pay the full price of the game, $60. We already saw Microsoft do that with uh, Obsidian, where they launched the game called The Outer Worlds. They bought this awesome development studio. They launched this game, and Xbox Game Pass, guys, they were playing for free, $60 for the PlayStation customers. So Mm -hmm. that, to me, makes people want to buy an Xbox because you've got Fallout, Skyrim, just like you said, those are very popular games and people are going to want to play them for as cheap as they can.
0: Uh, what are we looking at in terms of demand for the Game Pass? Do we know what like pre-orders are, signups? What's
1: the market for that? Well, the Game Pass is already existing for the Xbox as it is right now, right? So if you've got your Game Pass now, they you're paying $15 a month, you've got access to hundreds of games, ranging from the top tier games like fallout 4 or all the way down to like indie games like um i forgot the name of it. like more independent like from these mid-tier smaller studios so mm. the xbox game pass is up and running i think what's really cool about the game pass is they just launched the cloud service so if you have xbox game pass now you have access to their cloud service which means that you can just play all of your xbox games or whatever games are available on the cloud on your tablet or on your android phone and a playstation has an inkling of that, but is ne- definitely nowhere near the level of the uh, IP library or robustness of offerings on their on their PlayStation Cloud service.
0: So uh, now, JP, isn't there like a certain type of gamer though? I'm kind of speaking for myself here, where I'm gonna want to actually absorb, like when I'm playing Skyrim or whatever, I'm gonna just look at the beauty of the graphics on this new console if I'm streaming it. Is it not going to be a little cloudy, a little choppy? Are the hardcore gamers not going to want the hard copy instead of the Game Pass?
1: Well, I mean, a couple of points on that. So... First of all, the technology is coming where you're gonna be able to not tell the difference between a game that's downloaded on your console versus what you're playing in the cloud. So right, that was one of the problems with Google Stadia was that it was a little glitchy and if there's one thing that gamers hate, it's latency, right? I wanna be able to play, like let's say we're playing together, I wanna be able to play with you 100% graphics in real time. So I think 5G is gonna solve a lot of those problems and I think you know, as the semiconductor and the chip industry continues to evolve and develop new processing chips that that experience has become more more seamless. So in a year or two from now, I don't even think that's gonna be an issue.
0: All right, interesting. So right now, I mean, it seems like the view that you have is Microsoft's got all of the angles here. On PlayStation, uh, but in terms of the console wars, I mean, is this going to be as intense as like the original Xbox launch? Is it going to be as intense as like Nintendo 64 versus PlayStation back in the day, where you had a totally different experience on what you own? I mean, sounds like you might have a marginally different experience on
1: what you own now. Well, I mean, so there's people try to frame it different ways, and like I mentioned at the earlier. There's been this theme of the console wars are over. If you buy a PlayStation, you're gonna have, you know, the 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 era of exclusive games is coming to an end, right? Every game that's a big game is gonna be on PC and PlayStation and Xbox and um, Switch. PlayStation's really kind of holding on to the idea of exclusive-only games. They've really, and th- and that was that's been their edge, right? They have these games like uh, Death Stranding that came out last year, mm-hmm. huge single-player story-driven games where you're just playing the game by yourself, right? For the games that require uh, connectivity with other people, if you want to play with your friends, the, the the walls are coming down, right? Crossplay is coming. It's here for a lot of games. Warzone's crossplay, Fortnite's crossplay. A lot of these games are crossplay. That's where we're going. But I think that, nat- that Microsoft's pricing is the aggressive pricing and then their ownership of those mid-tier development studios like ZeniMax are putting them just on the next level. And then in addition to their cloud service. So I think that, you know, Microsoft got got whipped last round, right? PlayStation 4 outsold Xbox One, which is the current generation, by about two to one. So let's say Microsoft just got beat down this, this last round and, mm. they, and everybody was saying console worlds are over and Microsoft said, no, they're not. We're coming for PlayStation as hard mm. as we can so th-
0: th- that's my take all right we're nerding out here let's get to the stock talk jp what's this mean for ESPO? because the shares of your fund have done great on the year up 70 percent uh we know that people have been playing a lot downloading a lot are you going to skew in the weighting towards microsoft do you let the market determine it i mean how do you put some of these views into work if you're an investor
1: Okay, well, a couple of points here. First of all, E S P O is a passive it is a passive ETF that okay, tracks an N B I index, right? N B I S index. So, we're not making active bets. Second point is that E S P O is pure play, which means that you have to generate over 50% of your revenues to be initially eligible for the index. That automatically excludes Microsoft, Sony, Amazon. Microsoft makes hundreds of mil- hundreds of millions of dollars a year on their Xbox. It's still only a like I saw some report in the last couple of weeks, nine to 10% of their overall business. So those companies are excluded. The tech conglomerates aren't in there. We're looking for pure play, Targeted exposure. So you see here on your screen, Nvidia. They have massive exposure to the gaming space. Just just over 50% of their just around 50% of their uh, revenues coming from the gaming space. AMD, same story. Um, So what you have here is a concentrated portfolio of companies that are actually participating in the video game industry. Mm -hmm. We're not trying to water down the exposure. But the names in here, what's interesting is that a a lot of the action, a lot of the really exciting stories are coming out of the emerging market space. C Limited up. 290% 290% this year, up 275% last year. Okay, their, their big game, Garena Free Fire, has 100 million daily active users. The majority of their users are Southeast Asia. So we're talking Malaysia, Thailand, Philippines, and also Latin America and Brazil. Some people consider C-Limited to be the next Tencent. Tencent owns a very large stake, but um, and... Um, again what they're doing is similar to tencent too they're, they're making all this money in the video game space and now they're diversifying so they're diversifying the different verticals and the two verticals are really focused on are e-commerce through their Shopee app and then digital payments so like the venmo so they're using their video game business which is which is just a cash cow to fund and subsidize these other businesses and i think that is what is fueling the stock price here is that You know, analysts and stock, you know, participants are looking for growth in this market. And I think that's not just limited to video games. People are looking for growth, and these companies are providing those growth, you know, those growth metrics.
0: Uh, Last question, JP. I see that ESPO. Uh, only dropped about uh, 7% during this uh, correction in the NASDAQ last month. Uh, And to me, that's um, a pretty good thing. I mean, on the one hand, up 70% on the year or 60% on the year, you'd think that this might be higher beta to the NASDAQ, but it didn't really do that during the sell-off. Uh, walk me through what you think this might do if, let's just say hypothetically, the peak for the NASDAQ is behind us. The quarantine trades and the growth story got as good as it's gonna get. In that situation, what does it mean for ESPO? Can it actually sustainably detach itself from the market if it keeps slipping?
1: 100%, I think Oliver, this, this theme and this story it did not just start this year with COVID, right? There are big picture trends that are driving video game participation around the world. We're talking about cord cutting. I know you love talking about cord cutting. So people are budgeting their video game spend. They're saying $10 for Netflix, $10 for Hulu, $10 for my Fortnite Battle Pass. Um, that's step number one. And you've got really strong consumer demand for online interactive entertainment. People want to be hanging out online. They want to be hanging out with their friends. You know, this is a new way that people entertain themselves and each other. And I think the final step is demographics. Who is driving the bus here, right? I'm 37 years old. I haven't had a cable subscription since I left my parents' house when I was 18 to go to college. <laughs> and I think that's the and I think that's the case for a lot of people in my age bracket. So I think the video games, oh, it's 12-year-olds playing Fortnite. That, that's not true. The average video game consumer is in their mid-20s. They have disposable income, and they're spending their time and money on video games. And that story is not going away, right? And in 2019, one more clip, SP was up 30%. ESPO is up about 40%. Wow. So again, right. this, did not just ha- this did not just happen this year. Okay,
0: case well made. You don't have to preach it to me. Uh, I'm 31, and I'm just getting my video game mojo back. So I hear you on that. Uh, case well made to those who maybe are still learning about the sector. J.P. Lee, always a fun conversation. Appreciate it. He's a product manager at VENT. Hey,
1: Oliver. Yes, sir. Uh, I'll, Hit me. Let's let's get a let's get a live email from a Perma Bear. I love that. <laughs> All <laughs> right, John's referencing
0: the Perma bear emails, but that's only on Friday, J.P. So, always oh, on Twitter. Friday, anyway. Yeah, it's when I get my usual favorite Perma Bear emails. Appreciate it, J.P. Good.